What each person designs is basically a bespoke rite of passage for herself that on the other side of this relatively brief period of time, in order for her to have done what she set out to do, she will have stepped into a ex more expansive version of herself. Hello, everyone. This is B.B. Peters, together with Dr. Andrea Gould-Marks, and you're listening to Boom Talk Media. Today, we're talking with a most intriguing guest, Deb Barasset. Deb is an innovative teacher and coach who helps women uncover their most engaging lives. It's no wonder that she's been called a creative guru by the Washington Post. Among many other accomplishments and talents, Deb recently wrote an article titled The Transformative Power of Uncertainty. Bibi and I were busting at the seams to speak with Deb about her life and this theme as the process of transformation has been a key element in all of our work, close to our heart. There. Hi. <laughs> so I'm good to see you. So definitely want to ask you about your journey as a creative person. And instead of a narrative necessarily, maybe to take a look at the path that you know you followed, right? That's the beauty of retrospect. And kind of treat the events as stepping stones. So we have a progression. Yeah. Uh, of um, how one thing led to another through no fault of your own necessarily or with divine intervention when it intervened. So right. yeah. if, if you can reflect on that, we would love to hear. Absolutely. You know, it's interesting how going forward, it's all a bit foggy at times and unclear. And yet, as you say, you know, when you look back, you can connect the dots much more easily. And some of the things that seemed at the time to be sort of weird, random aberrations actually have turned out to be the very thing that my life was wanting and needing, and maybe I didn't even know it. So to respond to that, I think some of the best things in my life have happened out of some sense I had of either a kind of restlessness that I was brave enough to acknowledge, even if I couldn't name it, or, and sometimes they came together, an invitation from something in life that probably was unexpected, as these things often are, that I was brave enough to say yes to, even though it represented a lot of unknown. And that has been a major theme in my life. And as I, you know, I mean, I can mention a couple instances where this came up, right? So when I had, I had just turned 20 and I had decided I wasn't going to be a professional French horn player and I was getting ready to go to journalism school, I got an invitation out of the blue from my uncle who had an oil pipe coating business in Dubai. This is back in 1980. And he said, would you like to work for me as a secretary? And, you know, cut to the chase. Two weeks later, I'm going to Dubai. 
right? My little suitcase in hand and worked for him for three months. Then he moves his company. I decide to stay, even though it was very uncertain. And I wound up getting a job at the local, not the local paper, the Gulf News, the English language paper that serves the whole Gulf region out of being willing to say yes to something that came up that I didn't plan. I wound up being in the Middle East for three years from 20 to 23 And it was a formative experience in my life. And I got to travel all over the place. And it profoundly shaped who I am. And it totally came out of being willing to go through the, quote, inconvenience of changing my plan to go to journalism school to take advantage of something that showed up. And and how did that pave the road, the path? for your subsequent and future events? And what were those in your career, in your life? Yeah. So uh, three years later, I thought, okay, it's now time to actually finish the education thing. So I came back to the United States, went to journalism school. And first of all, I was a real different student than most of those cats because I had actually been doing it Um, And I was, you know, all of 23, 24 by then. And so I went at the journalism, uh, my studies, my practice with, how do I put this? I was in it to like glean whatever I needed to develop some real mastery, right? Um, I wasn't just in it to get a degree. And so one way this showed up is I won one of the American Society magazine editors internships in 1986. That was the year Chernobyl happened. I was chosen by the managing editor of the Ladies Home Journal magazine because we were all from all over the country in New York. She chose me out of the pool of interns because of my experience overseas She had been a reporter in war-torn countries, who knew, at Ladies Home Journal. So here I am now at my internship in New York City, and um, Chernobyl had happened in April of that year. She wound up sending me, the intern, on an assignment to what was then Russia to do a story. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I, I wonder, this is such a great example that if we deconstruct it for a little bit, because, you know, there are so many people who listen to our podcasts who are in this age group mm-hmm. and the main anxiety is about planning out the details of their life. Mm-hmm. I would say even between the ages of 20 and 40 is planning out the details of life and wanting to make sure that things are nailed down. And your story, um, and so many stories really, um, are stories of take the next step, say yes, and then the word trust. Mm. The more experience we have, the more we can really heart wholeheartedly trust that something will happen. <laughs> something will yeah. happen. <laughs> Exactly. I mean, you know, the movie Under the Tuscan Sun, right? Yes. So when the Diane Lane character 
you know, she's just gone through a really bad time. Her husband's having an affair, blah, blah, blah. And she somehow winds up buying a ticket to Italy. And as we all know from watching this movie, which is iconic, she she winds up falling in love with this decrepit villa. And then she revives it and has love affairs and all kinds of life and found family. And, and it's fabulous. And it's only at the very end of that movie that the man that we all know as the audience is Mr. Wonderful wanders into her life. But that's not the interesting part of the movie. The interesting part of the movie is the whole journey where we are with this character as she lives and navigates the uncertainty into this gorgeous life. And I think, I want to know what you guys think about this. You know, there's this roomy quote that goes something like, move toward what makes you come alive. And I think if we had one little litmus test for things, it's something that works for me anyway. That's something I ask myself. Do I feel excited? Does it make me come alive? Am I nervous, but kind of, ooh boy? Or am I kind of, ooh, you know? I don't know. What do you guys think? I think anxiety and excitement do share the same physical feelings in the body sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I think that when we get old enough to make that discernment, mm-hmm. that is a helpful thing. I also think that, you know, with maturity comes that willingness to take a risk, a measured risk, but to not try to decide a priori the way things are going to turn out, but to recognize that that's very grandiose of us <laughs> to think that we can, you know, figure it out without experiencing it. Yeah. Choose well, experience. And I, yes. And I also think that it is a matter of reflection at times. So as we mature, we have lived more years, and then we have more examples of where we allowed where we befriended uncertainty and sort of recom- not recommitted, but have shown to ourselves that, oh, look, uh, they, I was uncertain about this and this is what happened. So as we experience more of those and build upon each other, I think we develop more gumption and more power to take it on the road again. Yeah, I love that. And and I think that sometimes another thing happens and that we really see what the process is of allowing something to happen and and then benefiting from it and then knowing that we we don't know the whole story. And what's in our mind and you Deb mentioned this do don't believe everything that you think. Right. You wrote that. Right. Yes. I think that's the name of actually a podcast or something. But don't believe everything that you think is great advice. Yes. Because all we do is make up these stories. And we see with experience that the story is just a story. There's plenty of stories in that space. Yes. And I and have found know that you know, it's so freeing when women learn or are reminded that our brains are are skew negative. Like it's not a character flaw. It is physiological. We can compensate for that like you would a car that 
wants to go off the road, you know, you steer a little different. Like when I know that my brain is, is, is wired, not for my happiness, but for my survival, it wants to keep me wrapped in cotton batting and safe. Then I can take what it has to, my fear has to say with a grain of salt, so to speak. And the, there is an actual calibration that positive psychology made up. And they say that you have to compensate with five times as much positive story as negative. That the skew that you describe is actually a ratio of one to five. Mm. Right? I love that. I had not heard that. Well, Mm -hmm. and I'm also a very strong advocate for looking at the risk of the other side of the fence, which is Mm -hmm. if I do nothing. If I don't make a move, if I do everything exactly down the railroad tracks as it's going right now, what's the potential risk of that? And I've noticed a default in people that we don't tend to look at that. We only assess risk related to going forward, but not the potential cost of not going forward. Right. Of stasis. It's very interesting, like we were talking about earlier, about questions, right? Uh, So those of us who are in position to ask questions, those are some good questions to recommend both for ourselves as well as whomever we're having a talk with. Absolutely. So I have a question, speaking of questions, and it is for Deb. Um, Could you share with us the experiences that you and your students or participants in your webinars and retreats have? How has your life from way back to now, how has that informed your spirit to guide this group of people that you do in such an incredible way? What a great question. Wow. I mean, that almost requires dinner and wine, but let's give it a go. (laughs) Let's Um, do it. Yeah. So, you know, I'm a serial reinventionist by nature, I think, and have always had a basic trust that the movie's going to turn out well. I just don't know exactly how it's going to go. So some of my careers, you know, as a journalist, and then I uh, worked for Hallmark, um, managing their internal think tank, the collaboratory. That was a really formative time for me because it was a beautiful experience of working with people who are creative for a living, you know, so like people at the top of their game. So it's kind of rarefied air, you know, and to be able to experience the magic and collaboration and alchemy and the fizzing of ideas that happens when you have a group of people brought together. So how that informs what I do now is I discovered that I have a gift for helping a a couple things, you know, creating a safe space is part of it. Part of it is I have some kind of a instinct for what people need, either need to add or take away for them to be their best. And, uh, and I also have a deep, I discovered in a very overt way, a really deep and abiding passion for the idea of the human spirit set free to express itself in whatever way it wants and needs to be expressed. 
And while then I was working with professional artists and writers, that dynamic became one very central to me. And so later on, you know, when I was in public relations and being a corporate spokesperson and helping people do media training, that was all about really um, having, you know, anytime you have more visibility, that takes an expansion of your sense of self and also a pretty grounded sense of self, knowing who you are to do that comfortably, any kind of public speaking, let alone in media, as you all know. And so it became much less about techniques and much more about uh, what kind of perception shifts or soul work needed to be done for a person to step into a more expansive sense of who they are and to own not only what their unique contribution is in this world, but also to own their voice so that can be known and shared. And just want to underscore the sharing part, too, because at that part, to be able to orchestrate what combination, what synergies feel like in the real world. Mm -hmm. So we're grounded in ourselves, right? We're able to expand, but to be able to process who's, who's around us and how we harmonize or synergize with that to expand the enterprise. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there's a whole nother uh, aspect of what I do that has only that I've only really started sharing about much in the last maybe three years. And I've been in business as Moxie for seven, more than seven. And that is more of a, a mystical aspect of some of the uh the ancient wisdom, but not just ancient wisdom, um, also, you know, very direct connections with the spirit of a project, for example, right? Uh, I'm very big on that, you know, like every project, every big project that I create, like a retreat, I have a, a spirit of the project that I consult, like a guide. I, I call it um, aesthetic shamanism, uh, a mm. lot of what I incorporate in my work. Mm. That's not a term I don't think you're going to find anywhere else. But for me, the use of beauty, expression, um, that collective effervescence we were talking about, our sense of oneness, the role of nature in, in our lives as both healing forces and also a means of accessing a non-ordinary reality in life. When you bring up na um, nature, we are so um, taken by it as well, Andrea and I. And I don't think we mentioned this to you before, but uh, we asked someone who was going to assist us with social media. And we asked her, what do you think our social media page is about on Instagram? And she said, it's about plants and trees. It truly is. Okay, So Andrew and I are like photographing sunsets and sunrises and clouds and leaves and blooms and paths and trees. And light. And light. Oh, me too. Love those light markers. Oh, absolutely. Right. Yeah. So, you know, the word integrative comes to mind. Mm. 
and you know to just just listening to you and all that's part of the magic is to be able to be so whole seeing mm. magic can occur more there than mm. if one is just in a science mode okay this is a scientific conference right or this is a conference about something but to be able to be the sponsor, the um, the vehicle for a whole seeing experience, that in itself is liberating. Yes, it's yes, and all all the way around, you know. Yes, and that in itself, day one, moment one, it's like okay, there's room for all of me here in a retreat. Well, I mean, I will tell you, quite frankly, I go through all kinds of spiritual and self-growth gyrations and pulled through the eye of the needle prior to and in the process of creating anything big and new, like a retreat. Oh, my God. I mean, I'm a different woman today. Than I was a year ago out of having created and led two retreats. No kidding. I am altered. It, yeah. Right. And, and it shows up in all these interesting ways, you know, like uh, I'm, I'm back in the dating world again now. And how is that going, pray tell? Because and our listeners would love to hear. It's going very well. Oh, Yes. I mean, I don't know how much to share, but I will oh, say, please do. Oh, please. I, okay. I, here, here's the deal. You know, I want to right now do away with this perpetuated conversation that there are no good men out there because it's just not true. Like, are they the majority? No, but are they out there? Yes, they are out there. And regardless of all the things that we've all dealt with, through the years as women, you know, I think there's something to be said for giving up a certain amount of cynicism and being able to just encounter new human beings. But I mean, here's the thing. There's tons of men who tons. Okay. That's a little, (laughs) let me, let me dial that back. There are definitely men who are conscious and pretty evolved or very evolved and who are really working on what is it to be a man today and be supportive of a strong, cool woman and also be a man. You know, I mean, they've got their own stuff they're figuring out, right? So men have learned, you know, the older men have learned. Yes, and that is the great buried treasure that some some cynics don't don't really realize that there's so learning. So true. And here's the other thing: there are plenty of younger men who Absolutely. who are very appreciative of women who are a little older or maybe quite a bit older, right? And and who have grown up in a different world where they didn't have so much uh, complete rearrangement to do. You know what I mean? And if I can just add to that, that the other key point in my mind is that you can't seek perfection because if you begin 
to identify the absolute perfect specimen of a male that you want to meet and connect with, look-wise, intelligence-wise, everything else-wise. And if something, one thing doesn't match up, you cannot just turn that off uh, unless it's a serious aspect of their personality. But there is some ebb and flow and some perhaps discrepancies or weaknesses, if you would, are livable. We're not going to shape the person to the exact image that we have. Right. It's kind of like what we were talking about earlier, being open to how could I know exactly how this is supposed to go, right? But I mean, in terms of how I'm different now in the whole situation... Um, I have noticed an uptick in myself in terms of a willingness to have an uncomfortable conversation pretty quickly if it's called for, you know, Mm -hmm. and I, I find, and this is even since, you know, this is from out of the growth I've done in the last year, right? I mean, frankly, a lot of this growth came out of a program that I started last year called The Flight Project. And little did I know that I would be winding up getting a divorce during the program. And so it was amazing. But um, I am much better about not keeping certain aspects of myself behind a door until I think they're ready for me. Like, for example, honestly, I think this is a I don't know if everybody would be comfortable with this, but, you know, when I'm in early conversations with somebody, I'll send them my website and I'll say, this is me. Um, And my feeling on that is that is pretty much who I am. Right. And and so if this is too much or not enough of something, who knows? Right. Um, You know, you want more of a country club kind of gal. That is not me. I, I'm not going to be super predictable, but life will be really interesting. And so I just kind of want them to know who I am right away. You know, if there's something happening that just doesn't work for me, I have this long-standing habit of being concerned about pe- hurting people's feelings and la la la. Mm-hmm. And I'm I know I'm not alone in that. And and I have actually put my own feelings first. I am not unkind, but I don't take in stuff I don't want because of, of a concern about somebody else's feelings are somehow more delicate than mine. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 This episode is brought to you by Boom Talk Media. Our tiny books, which we call Relieflets, include the title Patience and Possibility. Ever wonder why simply slowing down can give you access to deeper creativity? You can learn all about it in this little booklet. So visit BoomTalkMedia.com or on Amazon under Patience and Possibility. Check it out, and then we'd love to hear from you. Reach us through info at BoomTalkMedia.com. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to Boom Talk Media. This is B.B. Peters with my co-host and friendly psychologist, Dr. Andrea Goldmarks. What I was going to remark on was um, what you were saying about the changes that you went through during the flight program. 
Yes. In other words, you created this program. Yes. To be in a position to create your offerings, to create your business, I I can't imagine there's much of, you know, this is the biggest growth where you're 100% in charge based on knowing yourself. Not necessarily knowing the outcome, but right. you decide to design this program and then you grow. But before you do the program, you're like an actor. It's like a devotional training, devotional practice. You're in character. You're, you've got the parts of yourself out in front of you because you're your first guinea pig. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be able to move with the elements of design. then. It's not going to come across, but of That's course right. you do, and you 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 know you become uh, you know I'm just saying number you know hundred percent of that you put yourself into the aesthetic what did you call it the aesthetic aesthetic shamanism shamanism right, right which allows for all that change in a beautiful way yes and I bet that you see Deb from the first time that you meet your client, your participant, to a period of whether it's a three-day retreat or a longer Zoom interactive process, you can see the change in them. You can see their face, right? Oh, yeah. You can get the energy shifts on on Zoom. And you don't have to be a trained energy worker. You know, when a woman all of a sudden, whoop, perks up and gets excited when she's talking about something. I mean, anybody could see that. But uh, yeah, the three phases of this, it we go through the first phase of, of exploring what it is to be unapologetic. And you don't realize, you know, even like smart, profoundly accomplished women can be really apologetic in ways we don't notice, right? But Anyway, so that's the first one. Then we move into what it is to be unabashed, where you you don't have you're you're not operating according to any concern about what other people think or how they feel about it. Like you're just unabashed. And then the third part is unleashed. And this is where we actually create a project. And I'm not going to get into all the details, but what each person designs is basically a bespoke rite of passage for herself that on the other side of this relatively brief period of time, in order for her to have done what she set out to do, she will have stepped into an ex- more expansive version of herself. Um, there's something that I created during this program that really was profound for me. And that was, it's I'm not the first one to talk about it, is creatrix energy or the creatrix archetype. And that is central to what I do. And so once you become familiar with her and the fact that we all have this, it's like the energy of it is, it's not so much the dreamy creator. It's really more, uh, do you know who you're talking to? Of course I can do that. You know, it's that kind of energy. It's it's the us knowing ourselves as these kind of badass, bodacious, don't have to know it all to make things happen kind of women. 
And I'll tell you what, when, when that takes hold, when somebody actually owns that energy that they have within them, they pull that out and they go, Oh, that's actually me. Yeah. That's you. Um, Oh my God. It, It is like night and day. What happens? You know, it's amazing. I'm so interested, based on what you just said, about the title of your entity, your company, Moxie. I love the word, love it so much, and I understand it viscerally and in all different ways. How did that come about? And did that come before you developed your program or after or during? It came way before I developed a program. I wasn't even doing programs when I first started. I used that word very deliberately because I knew that I didn't have clarity about exactly where I was headed with my business. And so I wanted to come up with a name that had the feeling, like an overarching theme or feeling that I was pretty confident anything that I would really want to do would be under that umbrella, right? And that wasn't a bad way to go, as it turns out, you know? And so... Yeah, I love the word moxie too. I, 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 you know what? It's crazy. I just remembered, like, sometime this past couple of months, how uh, when I was back in junior high, late elementary, I think, uh, I had a little club of two, me and a friend of mine. This is out in Pennsylvania. And I called it the Vixen Club. Isn't that trippy? And now I have. <laughs> This community called Club Moxie. I mean, five letters, two syllables, an X in the middle, you know. And that's that X is the same X that's in Executrix. It's in Creatrix. Yeah. It's really much more of a manifestation of what is around it or what precedes it. For instance, Creatrix, right? Yes. I mean, it's perfect in shamanism. But the T-R-I-X part is, mm, it's not, like you said, it's not just the dreamy part. It's the part manifest, mono, hands. I can make it, I can make it happen. Yes. Um, Yes. I'm I'm a big believer in what I call uh, bringing together namaste with seize the day, (laughs) right? So there's a woman, I think her name's Natalie Nixon. She's a creativity expert, really good. And she has this distinction that I think is wonderful, where she says creativity requires both wonder and rigor. And that is so true. And so, you know, so many of us get camped out in one side or the other a little bit, like, oh, you know, I'm a possibilitarian and I just don't like structure, fences me in, you know, and but then, you know, there's other people, you know, our spreadsheet queens who say, oh, I don't have a creative bone on my body, which is also not true. It's like, those are the people who know how to like manage the details and be a force of nature and make something happen, right? And know what's going on. And so I consider it just a major victory, like an Olympic sized victory when any of us really get some mastery in bringing both what I call the inner muse and the inner manager together, working together. And that's, that's when things start, you know, businesses start 
happening. There's a woman in the flight project uh, last year who she thought her big dilemma was, when am I going to retire? When am I going to retire? Right. And she'd been like dwelling on this, marinating in it for like two or three years. Right. So she comes into the program and like within the first month, she gave notice, like, boom, action. And then she was like, well, now what? And I'm like, I don't know. Now what? Right. And so her project was she's passionate about travel. She's uh, widowed. And she said, I'm passionate about women finding other women that they can travel with so they don't have to choose between going alone or not at all. And so she now within, I don't know, a matter of weeks, she went from not having the first clue about a meetup group to having, she now has, I think, over 200 women in this thing or something. And and they meet physically in the Twin Cities area. And she's just like, who knew, right? And And things like that happen all the time when we get some clarity about just some of these basic things that are not character flaws in ourselves. You know, we're so hard on ourselves. It's just, oh, I just need to up the ante a little bit in this area and I can take off. But, but having- it's also the validation, right? The val- you When you do a group, yes, these people have the support, um, the witness. The witness part is really um, All these yes. witnesses are watching you metamorphose from yes. being the butterfly in the dark to unfurling the wings. And Absolutely. that's pretty, that's pretty heavy, heavy duty medicine. Oh, it is. It's, it is magical. Um, Wifing. It's like, a it, it, it really, it really is. It's, it's a, uh, it's a sacred thing. Actually. I just got goosebumps. That always tells me something. I mean, I, like to think of it in terms of, you know, back in the day when all our ancestors were what we would think of now as truly tribal, right? Because if all of us, if we go back far enough, it's there. I I think we have to create ways of um, inventing modern forms of tribes. And, and because we miss out on that collective, that sense of belonging and the sense of being supported and the sense of being perfect the way you are. And isn't that even more important now than ever when there is so much anxiety and so much uncertainty going on in the world around us and fears um, and that community? I think it's so important for us to be thinking of it and developing it. And Andrea speaks to that all the time. She is, you know, it's so cute because she has this global vision of making the world better. And I am saying, okay, let's just start from the inside. Okay, let's just look at ourselves inside, which of course she does. That's her life is to look at other people and their insides, right? Andrea, speak a little bit to that, please, to the uh, capacity of community to connect us with the world. Yeah, well, I think it's an extension of really what um, we're talking about here is even starting with a small group of people. But lately, I've been fascinated with where the inside meets the outside. The outside world is very loud right now and very intrusive in a way that it hasn't been 
um, I mean, it, it, it gradually grew to this crescendo that it is. But imagine back in the day where it wasn't as loud, it wasn't as present, and it wasn't as threatening, and it wasn't as, you know, intrusive is, is the word that I would use. And so I think qualitatively, the insides of people are filled with static these mm. days. Uh-huh. It feels to me, you know, I mean, I'm a one-on-one, a sometimes group, but lots of times one-on-one, and there's static everywhere. And so where we, as humans, meet the environment, it feels like it's worthy of exploration right now, because if we can build more awareness about it, we, I believe we can build more choice. If oh. we're just crunched in and intimidated by it, which a lot of people are. And I mean, regardless of how much moxie they have, there it's it is an overwhelming zeitgeist to go well, back. Yes. Right? Truly, I mean, you know, there's all kinds of things about the epidemic worldwide epidemic of loneliness and how it's one of the greatest health risks that we have, right? I well, that in combination, right, with with the what's happening and the inside of people. So, right. you know, so we're focused on that in 2024. Mm. I are talking about it. We're focused on it. And we're looking to build tribe around it as well. And, of course, the critical piece is that it has to be safe space. Yes. It has to be. It can't right. it can't. What needs to happen can't happen unless one knows how to build safe space. Well, and I think that at this moment in time, we'll just ask Deb to share as much as she can about where our listeners can connect with you, Deb. Your website. Great, 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 great. Yes. So, I mean, in a nutshell, um, there's there's lots of ways I work with people. Um, you know, there's individual coaching, there's the group programs. Um, as of, you know, today, we've got the flight project is coming up. It starts in March. It goes for four months. There's an online community, Club Moxie. Uh, and then there are live retreats. One already planned. So, my website is it's time for moxie.com. So it's I T S T I M E F O R M O X I E.com. And uh, if you just look up in the navigation bar, you'll see, uh, you know, how you can contact me. Let's see what else. Oh, I did want to share that I, I created a special code for your listeners. Yay! Yay! Boom Talk Media. So, um, so if you want to try out uh, the the Moxie community, I invite you to come in. I welcome you with open arms to our private little platform. It's very fun. So you would register for your free month of Club Moxie and use the code Boom Talk VIP. Boom, talk, VIP, all squished together, one word, right? And that gives you $27 off, which is a month, um, or it'll take $27 off the annual membership if somebody decides they want to do that, which basically gives you, I think, three months out of the year free. So there's that. Also, um, I sent you a, a link that you could post where somebody could book a complimentary 30-minute call with me. Oh, how um, nice. Yeah. So if they want to, oh. you know, I understand, you know, there's lots oh. of 
doors, like which doors for me, if any, I yes. am happy to have that conversation with people. And and I'm and I'm very like, if it's for you, it's for you. If it's not, it's not, right? And, and we'll share all of that on okay. our social media posts. And our visit with you um, has been a most beautiful experience. Uh, intellectually, soul-wise, your presence emanates color and beauty and strength and wisdom, and we just adore you. Oh, thank you so much. I am. I, I have to tell you, you know, it is such a treasure when you meet kindred spirits, and and you just know. Oh, I'll always remember. This is the day I met them, and I'm going to know them for a long, long time. And that's how I feel with you too. It is a beautiful, it's a beautiful thing, as a friend of mine used to say about a lot of things, but Uh, it's a beautiful thing, that dynamic. So thank you. (laughs) Okay. Thank Thank you, Deb. It was a pleasure. Oh, it was awesome. I appreciate it so much. Bye-bye. Have a great day. Perhaps embracing uncertainty opens the door to creativity and courage and offers us some unique possibilities for growth. It reminds me, having this conversation with Deb and and you, Bibi, about the words of Reina Maria Rilke, the German poet, who I used to think was a woman because of the Maria part. But he's a famous German poet and is very famous for his letter to a young friend and colleague where he offers this advice. He says, Have patience with everything unresolved in your heart and try to love the questions themselves as if they were locked rooms or books written in a very foreign language. Don't search for the answers, which could not be given to you now anyway, because you would not be able to live them. And the point is to live everything. Live the questions now. Perhaps then, someday in the future, You will gradually, without even noticing it, live your way into the answers. This program was brought to you by Boom Talk Media, where we inspire and nurture the human journey. For more healing insights and links to our books and blogs, visit our website at boomtalkmedia.com. And join us next time.